So, hello and welcome to what we're calling our Christmas special of the Salatcast. Myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined by Ollie Warner in unusual setting, Ollie. Yep, hi Glenn, how you doing? I'm alright, yeah. Where are we, Ollie? We're at Shrewsbury Town. We are, and why are we here? Because we're interviewing a very special guest. <laughs> we normally have Shrewsbury Town fans on the podcast, we've just been talking about this, and uh, you know, normally we're not having the chance to interview anyone at the club too much, but we thought we'd get a fellow Shrewsbury Town fan on and an actual player as well. So, welcome to the podcast, Dave Edwards. Thanks for having me. No problem. Killing two birds with, two, with one stone there. <laughs> yeah, we are indeed. Um, so yeah, we should just say this is our Christmas special. We're here on the night of the, the Christmas Carol concert, which is going to be happening in about an hour and a half. So really appreciate Dave finding time to sit down with us and, and talk about his career, really, at Shrewsbury Town and, uh, and and what really got him into the football club as a fan at the start, which is what a lot of fans will be interested in, I think. So yeah, very much looking forward to having a chat, aren't we, Ollie? Yeah, no, it should be good. So yeah, so we're looking to cover quite a bit of Dave's career at the football club from his early days, growing up in Shropshire, getting involved in the football club, um, talking about his progress to the first team, which came quite quickly reading your book, um, and then talking about us getting from the conference to the football league, um, what happened while you're away and why you came back and what it's been like since you returned. So I suppose before we do get into the podcast in general, you've had a, a long career at this football club now. You know, as a, as a town fan, I suppose the first question to ask is how proud are you of your legacy? We just walked up the stairs and there's posters you everywhere. How, how proud of you as a fan are you that of that? Yeah, it's something I could I genuinely would never have dreamed of when I was a, a young kid watching Shrewsbury at the at the Gay Meadow. It's it's a club which has been in my family for a long time. I've always supported it, a local lad. And just to play once would have been a dream. But then to go and play over 100 times and then go on and, and have a career at a higher level, then have the opportunity to come back, it's it's lovely it's come full circle. But it's just great to be back a part of it. And I did miss it all those years I was away. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you did do very well when you were away, Dave. So we won't, we won't hold it against <laughs> you. But um, I suppose we could start really, Ollie, with, with talking about you, you growing up in Shropshire and maybe how you first became aware of you playing football club, I suppose. So, yeah, so, so as a kid, like, did you, were you playing football from like almost a start? you could walk <laughs> um yeah I would have been I was from a farming background so my dad was um used to work on the family farm um, my brother who's three years older than me he's he's very much more into farming he's still in the industry now um and he was keen on football and then I just was always playing with him in the garden usually in goal because he wanted to take <laughs> shots at me but um a couple of times I started playing for his team my dad used to run his football team Worthing Juniors and they started under eights and I played a couple of times for them when I was five yeah. um, and just absolutely loved it and I ended up playing a couple of years up then because there wasn't a team young enough for me so I played under, I was six and I was playing the under eights wow. um, and I, yeah, just just loved it from there and then every day my dad would take me down to the farm my brother would be helping him in the parlour I'd have no interest so I'd take a ball out into the fields and just kick it or in a barn if it was raining and yeah, just, just of, fell in instead, love with it. Instead of Rooney as a street footballer, you're a field footballer. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Cloud field footballer. But, I mean, so, you know, growing up in Ponsbury, obviously, is where were you from? It wasn't Halfway House? Halfway it? House, yeah. So what, what was the first time you kind of were aware of the football club being locally and, and how that played into sort of becoming a fan, really? It would have been from young. I remember watching... The first memories of football was the 1990 World Cup. Okay. I, was, I was born in 86, so I was four years old and I was getting into it then. Um but then my my mum's side, my granddad used to go and watch Shrewsbury all the oh, time, okay. and the more and more me and my brother got into football, my dad said, oh, "I'd be great if we start taking us." And he used to take us, and then he'd rush back to work and milk the cows at sort of half past five. Um, yeah, so I think it's probably when I was about, it's probably when I was about six, seven, I started to go and watch yeah. watch Shrewsbury sporadically to start off with, but then sort of into the mid nineties, I was going. Every single week. So who 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 was your who was your big players when you were a kid? Then sort of I don't know up to age ten, eleven, twelve. When you first start to get players in that era, who were your favourites during that? I era? think when I first came to watch, 
Um, I think it must have been 92, 93, because I remember the kit. It was the, the scrambled egg kit, if yes. you like. Um, and I was mascot that season. And I had a picture taken with Carl Griffiths, who was sort of probably the main player at the time. But then moving on into the mid-90s, um, I could probably reel off the whole team then. I was sort of that into it. Um, but I think Richard Scott was sort of my favourite player. Um, used to love watching him play, but the whole team, sort of, Paul Edwards in goal and... Eagle yeah. Edwards, the small fullbacks, Seebs and Gareth Hammer. Are they still around? Gareth Hammer was yeah. um, his brother, Lee Hammer, was in my class at school. Lee was, really, yeah. 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 He, I mean, he, he played a ridiculous amount of games on the yeah. bounce, didn't he, for Shrewsbury? Yeah, I mean, well, you're a bit, little bit older than us, Dave, a little bit. We didn't start going to like 96, 97, but probably same yeah. era as well, so yeah, into that sort of players. championship season as well, yeah. which would have been great growing up as well. So there you go, you've stamped your Shrewsbury card, that's good, we'll officially pass you. So um, yep. we'll talk about <laughs> football, football a bit more now, I suppose. And uh, I guess that, you know, we've, we've read your book as a bit of preparation for this podcast. And one of the things I found really interesting was that um, you're obviously good as a kid, and you first got scattered by Wolves, and, and you turned them down to come and join Shrewsbury. Was that purely because it was your club? Yeah, I, so I was, um, that would have been when I was year seven in school, I think, sort of 11, 12 years old, um, playing for my own age group at this point, Worthing Juniors, and we had a game out in Telford, and um, there's a Wolf Scout who asked me to go along training there, and it was a six-week trial, but then three weeks into the trial, um, I was still playing locally with Worthing, and then Charlie Walker as a Shrewsbury Town Scout come and asked if I'd fancy going down there, and Straight away, I was like, yeah, I'm coming. And then I stopped going to Wolves. Um, and then, yeah, I had a couple of mates at Shrewsbury as well at the time. who was in my year at school. So it was a bit of a, a no-brainer. And then I joined Shrewsbury for a couple of years then. But then I started falling out of love of football a little bit. I don't mm. know if it's my age or, or what. But I always remember we had so many lads in our in our team, our age group. And a lot of the lads were from Telford as well. Um, not many Shrewsbury lads, really. I remember we used to play on a Sunday morning and we'd play three 20 minutes would be the games yeah. and you might get 20 minutes if that and I just thought oh, just, it was too much you were training once a week at meal brace in the freezing cold and that hard <laughs> that hard astro turf um, and I just wanted to go and play with my mates again and start enjoying it so I did that and I was really lucky then to, to get the opportunity a bit later on so, they, so the club came back to you then they did yeah uh, they asked me once or twice in the meantime but I was I was happy I was I was a reasonably bright kid I kind of knew what I wanted to do I I was doing the, the numbers game which is bizarre for a, a 15 14 15 year old to be thinking mm-hmm. this but I think my chances of making it football are very slim so I want to make sure that I've got my path otherwise I wanted to be a physiotherapist um had it all planned out and knew I needed to do human biology and PE at, um in sixth form and then go on to Loughborough I wanted to do and it was actually my year 11 in school that I was still playing for the county at the time yeah. and it was Ken Roberts the scout used to be the old Chester manager okay. He um, asked if I'd be interested in going back. He said they had a new youth team manager at the time. It was Nigel Vaughan. Um, so I became very close of after that. And uh, I remember speaking to my mum about it. And she goes, you've, you've got to go. It's just, it'd be your, your last chance almost, or mm. last couple of months of school. And you'll always kick yourself if you didn't do it. So it was great. And they were really good to me with the education side. I still did my A-levels and things like that. So, um, yeah. so, so you went back after kind of like GCSE time? Yeah, so I joined in the in the February in my last okay. year of school, and then I found out in about the April time that they were going to offer me a scholarship. Okay, cool. Um, 
yes, I was very, very lucky. I suppose that takes us on to the next real phase, really, from from sort of the youth football, and, and you, you obviously had your, your scholarship. But you know, again, reading the book, I found it really interesting that, I, and I didn't really click myself really as a fan at the time, watching you come through at that point in time, stand on the riverside where you used to be, was how quick your kind of scholarship started, and you ended up getting that first appearance at the end of the relegation season. I mean, and even when you were involved in the squad from Christmas onwards, weren't you? You know, were yeah. you really surprised by that? Or yeah, definitely. <laughs> even when you get a scholarship, you, you still don't think that you're going to be in the first team, especially in that first, what, nine months of me being there, ten months being around the first team, especially when I take it back a year before and I was playing for Hamwood United on a Saturday (laughs) and Pontsbury with my sort of brother's pub team on a Sunday. So it was a real quick rise. But I think the start, what happened at the start of my first year, YTS, was that Nigel Vaughan, who's... Um, was great for me and he seemed to take a liking to me in sort of the way I played he was a midfielder as well and he used to spend hours with me talking about my game mm. and, and working with me and, and I felt he really gave me the chance by giving me um, the opportunity to go and basically try it for Wales as well so he obviously knew the Welsh set up and he knew I had a sort of Welsh heritage and he said I think you should go and he organised a trial for me and another lad from Shrewsbury to go and I was in the under-17s Wales squad then and I think that kind of pushed me forward a little bit more than maybe the other lads my age because I had that international stuff going on and Kevin Ratcliffe is obviously Welsh and (laughs) it just all seemed to to work right and I remember I got in the reserve sort of probably around the Christmas time my first year which is a big thing back then. I remember Dave Fogg was the Mm -hmm. assistant manager and football's all about being at the right place at the right time and always seemed in that first year every time I made a step up I had a good game just the way it fell and I remember my first game for, my res- for the reserves or well, first game for the under 18s I played really well first game for the reserves I played really well and it just kind of went on like that and obviously it was a great season with the FA Cup run but it ended sort of dismally um, but that gave me an opportunity and then for when Jimmy Quinn did come in the following season he had seen that I was already in and around the first team so I probably got a bit more of a chance than what some of the other lads did. So what kind of position were you playing at that time? Were you playing central field or so I remember you sometimes being on the wing as well. Yeah so I was all over the place I remember <laughs> you did it, yeah so as a first year YTS we kind of had two older sort of second year scholars who were playing central midfield for the youth team so I used to play centre back quite a lot so I'd play sort of left side centre back and that's where I probably got my first real opportunity and when I went into the Wales squad I was playing left side centre back there as well Um, but when I did get into the into the uh, reserves it was put me out on the wing sort of I think everyone knew I was going to be a midfielder Mm. um but yeah, put me out on the wing because I was young and could run and, and things like that. And yeah, I'd have, I'd have played anywhere. But definitely central midfield was the position which I knew that was going to be my position. It's interesting, isn't it? Players often start. I remember Stephen Gerrard starting at right back. Yeah. And yeah, obviously, yeah. and Woodsy started at right back as well. Yeah. So a lot of players, isn't it? When their physicality yeah. changes as well, it kind yeah. of changes where, where you can play as well. Uh, one of the things I find really interesting as a Shrewsbury Town fan in that season and your break, great, you know, yeah. breakthrough into the first team setup is obviously... For us, as you found found as my generation, that season is the abhorrent one, the one yeah. that we got relegated. And obviously, you being part of the setup, you know, involved with the first team, but also as a fan watching what was happening, how how was it? How was that to deal with? Yeah, it was. <laughs> the, the, that that last day of the season was bizarre for me because mm. I knew we'd been relegated, but then to make my debut, I remember we went out to. It's not there anymore in Pontsbury, the Red Lion, to set to celebrate after the game because I just made my football league debut. But then it didn't really feel like it should be a celebration. But um, yeah, it was tough. I think we had the highs of the Everton game, um, which was obviously incredible, and then even the Chelsea game. I know it didn't quite go to plan, but we. I always thought we'd get out of it. We had so many games left and so many games in hand. I just naturally thought we we're going to pick up some points. It probably wasn't until 
maybe five or six games left, you thought, wow, we're in some serious trouble here. Um, still having all these midweek games. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just, it just went down. I remember Kevin Ratcliffe was getting a lot of stick. I was playing Carl Murray centre-back, wasn't yeah, he, at the yeah, time? Yeah. And yeah, it just just was absolute dismal at the end. And then at the end of the season, we, no one knew what was going to happen with the, the youth team. We'd been relegated. Are they going to mm-hmm. cut costs and get rid of the youth team and things like that? So it was all up in the air and... Yeah, it was definitely a tough time. I think the younger fans probably don't appreciate what the club was like then in terms of like the flooding and the yeah. infrastructure and yeah. like the stability of the club. Like yeah. what the chairman's done is pretty 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 phenomenal to, yeah, to have that it, set it, up it, now. It, so yeah, to go back to that time, yeah. Anything could have happened to the club. It's a, it was yeah, quite yeah. A, an important period. Yeah, the the chairman's gotta take I think all chairman, all football clubs always takes some sort of stick. But yeah. I think you look where it was where he took the club over and where it is now, it's it's chalk and cheese, it really is. I remember say earlier on when I was a member of the junior blues going to watch when we was going around the pitch for a big bed sheet and people were chuck, chuck coins chucking in. coins yeah. in for the floodlights. Yes, Coppers it and me on the head as I walk around <laughs> yeah. this with this bed sheet. So to go from there to where we are now is, is where were you training then? Um, seven pitches was it? Or so when I was when we got to say even the first, it's it's so different to now honestly. Yeah, that yeah. the the setup of where you trained and what it was like. So we trained at the training ground where we are now, but it would flood by October, mm. and all all that was there was a hut. And anyone who's been there would know <laughs> it's just yeah. you have floorboards with cracks in it. There was <laughs> mice everywhere. There was one little office which no one ever used, and then there was a can't really call it a kitchen it had a an old hob in it and that was it but remember Dave Timmers the old goalkeeper coach he would go to Asda in the morning he would just bring loaves of bread milk and cereal and then that would after training we would just be having that the showers never work so all the lads would go home in their training kit um and you used to get two sets of training kit and it was up to you to wash them um you couldn't keep anything there because obviously it wasn't safe it was really just completely different then obviously when I went away and saw what it was like at the higher up in the football pyramid. I was like telling people who have come from Premier League clubs and they just couldn't believe what I was telling them. But I think a lot of sort of lower league clubs were like that. Mm. But then it's a testimony to how far the clubs come where the training ground now is incredible. Honestly, it's so we've good. And it's, yes, uh, yeah, for, yeah, it's, it's definitely a championship standard training ground. And wow. even the pitches are starting to get a bit down for stuff now, but we're sort of well into December, whereas we'd have been training over at... Up at Scat, we used to go to RAF Cosford and train on an AstroTurf there. We used to go everywhere, yeah. Literally just try and find a pitch somewhere. Even five years ago, because they've spent a lot of money on the pitch in the last yeah. three years, haven't they? Even five yeah. years ago, we were moving games over yeah. to Telford because we were training. When Mickey yeah. Menon was the manager, who's always talking, yeah. half of his press conference was talking about where they've been training. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine that has quite an impact, doesn't it, on a player, knowing where you're going each day and what you're working on. And... It's just a hassle, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, we know every day, we know what time we're going to be in. You've got the gym there, so all the lads will do, they'll stay. I, th- I think you end up as a team you end up better because you'll naturally spend more time at the training ground because mm. you'll get there earlier because you've got a nice physio room there you've got the the gym you've got a, a really good canteen there and Dave the chef's brilliant this always helps the lads out so you'll naturally just spend a lot more time at the training ground and for team spirit and team bonding I think that helps like there'll be boys sort of there three four o'clock in the afternoon and whereas when it used to be there and it was cold you couldn't wait to get in your car and get off <laughs> I mean in terms of talking about all of that one of the interesting things that we're sort of moving on to now after after that relegation season I suppose is the conference season and as fans again for us you know if you, you look back and ask most Town fans getting out that first season pretty much probably saved the football club you know from where it could have gone Wrexham yeah. or Chester or Hereford might not even exist now Stop County, like, yeah, yeah so many that you can chalk off now yeah. and um, as you said as you said just a minute ago you got much more of a chance then because of what you've been doing in, in the season beforehand but um 
what, I don't know. I'll start with what your overriding memories that season are, because for most of fans, the grounds we went to and what we were doing was just a bit felt bizarre. But I don't know what did it feel like to the players as a, as a first. Um, I think everyone enjoyed it because it was different. And I say, you, you, no one likes getting relegated, but it's also nice to be winning games of football again, isn't it? And I think the club needed that, and it was a complete change of everything. And my overriding emotion, looking back at now, we were so lucky, <laughs> so lucky. And you talk about teams who get stuck in there. Then yeah. I think we had a, re- a reasonably high budget for the league at that time, and finishing how many points did we finished behind Hereford it must be over 20 points or something yeah. Yeah. yeah and Andy Trent will tell you he was playing for Hereford yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then to go and win two penalty shootouts it was that first penalty oh, it was, that yeah where Luke wasn't it yeah. where Luke put it over the bar yeah and that was unbelievable Scott Howie but yeah it was it was a great experience and it was again for me personally realistically I was so lucky that we probably as a, a footballer developing that we did get relegated because then the following season I went and played 20 odd games or yeah. whatever it was and then coming up the next season I was sort of a, a big part of it whereas if we would have stayed up and reinvested and all that things then it might not quite have got my chance so it worked out really well for me and a couple of the other younger lads sort of Joe he was starting to get in and around it then as well yeah so it's uh, good for me and it was it was great fun there's a real good group of lads but I say we were we were Definitely lucky. Uh, I think we were lucky we had some some good players, not so much the way we played or tactically no. what we did. I think we had some good footballers who, who got us out Jimmy of trouble. Jimmy Quinn scored a few goals. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask about Jimmy Quinn because obviously, you know, what, what, you probably had several managers through your career, but, you know, we'll kind of look back on a few of them. But what, what did Jimmy bring to you as, you as a developing youth player? What what kind of thing was different from him and, and Ratcliffe where you've been before? I think, I think he gave him my chance. I think that was the, the biggest thing and it's always hard to give a, a young lad a go and it wasn't, I think I played a few pre-season games and then sort of went back with the youth team a little bit because there's a lot of new players come in and then I got my chance probably on the lead up to the winter period I think we played in an FA Trophy game and I played and did well and then I stayed in for five or six games and kind of then I was in and out but um so it was great for me like that it's a shame how it ended with Jimmy Quinn and me personally because the following season he was very much like you're going to play and I started playing um but then just towards the end of his time, I wasn't featuring at all, really. I was not involved. And I remember him saying to me, I could go out on loan. And he'd organised a loan move to Forest Green, who at the time were quite a few leagues below. It's something I didn't really want to do. And I'm, I remember just before he got the sack, I was speaking to Nigel Vaughan at the time. And he was saying to me, Look, just, just don't go anywhere just yet. So it's, uh, <laughs> everything's everything's up in the air. Just yeah, just just don't go anywhere quite just yet. And then obviously that's when when Gary Peters came in, and then it just changed all again for me. So um, again, all about time, and I was quite lucky because if it, maybe Jimmy would have stayed longer, then my shoes career might have been cut a bit shorter. Mm-hmm. That's the, fa- the thing I always find well, it's not fascinating, but it's quite scary that that like Shrewsbury is obviously like when we're in League Two is the end of the football pyramid, like professional. Yeah, yeah. and you go out on loan. Like the thought that you going out on loan in Forest, like, yeah. Would you have come back? Like that's it's, yeah. it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, like, you probably would have done, but so many players kind yeah. of just drop off. We've had players we think were quite good and they just disappear, and you never like hear of them. Yeah, you would have exactly, played yeah, them played them in the conference, and yeah. never heard of them again, did we? Yeah, and that's why I said earlier on, it's so much about when you get a chance, having a good game, but being lucky enough to be in the right place, the right time. And I say, I'm, I remember speaking to my mum and dad about it, and they just didn't seem quite sure. So I was just. <laughs> Just try to knuckle down a little bit and try and get back on the team because, as you said, once you drop out of professional football, if you like, and go to because they're part time, um, it's it's hard to kind of claw your way back up. Mm. And 
Um, not many players do it really. And before we move on to come back into football league, we just covered it a bit there. But you, and you briefly mentioned the the playoff final. And again, I think you were on the bench, you know, yeah, yeah, for the final. I mean, as a as a as again as a fan and, and someone who'd been playing that season, you know, I guess your emotions were the same as us in that stand when it finally got to penalties and obviously Dwayne Darby's you know equalised was a massive moment for the club. But um, I, I don't know how close were you to coming on in that game. Were you, were you closer? Um, I don't know. There probably was points where I was thinking I've got a chance. I remember we had a lag on loan from Man United called Lee Lawrence, yes. um, and he was kind of featuring a little bit. And I think it's probably going to be between me and him who was going to come on. But I remember I was petrified. I was sat on the bench, just absolutely petrified. <laughs> How old were you in that game? Um, I'd have been eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, eighteen. So I was just. I think because again, it's the club I've supported. All my yeah. all my family were there. Loads of my friends were well, there the from school. Yeah, <laughs> so I kind of knew everyone, and the thought of coming on and letting people down at that age was more worrying about actually what I can come on and maybe score the winner. I was thinking <laughs> I don't want to let people down, but yeah, especially knowing it's going to penalties as well. Because extra time is telling you to get warned. You know, oh Christ, I have to come on and take a penalty. Not the bench for that last five minutes going. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it would have been it would have been hard because I was in the semi final. I came on in the second leg at Gay Meadow. Uh, Martin O'Connor went off at half time. I came on, um, and then obviously it went to penalties. And again, I was petrified. But they kind of they said, "Are you happy to take one?" You're like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll take one." <laughs> Just have um, you taken penalties throughout your career? Um, only in shootouts, really. I've always like now. I'd always take one if I got the opportunity. Yeah. But back then, it was. But I, I remember saying, "I'll take one," and then he said, "Right." Well, Dave, you're going to be six or seven, and then they kept scoring and scoring and scoring. <laughs> I'm like, no. Something. And then when the the guy missed their fourth penalty, yeah. was it? I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mossy went and scored the winner. Pitch invasion. Yeah, yeah. Great. you probably got mug mugged then because everybody got absolutely. <laughs> so I've ran the pitch and I swamped him at the game meadow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Final. So I went to the Morecambe games. I remember Jimmy Quinn in the nets, like screaming. Yeah, yeah. They left back punched one of our players and got sent off. Yeah, I think you, yeah. it was a crazy season. But you went to loads of games, didn't you? That I, season? I, I missed one game that season yeah. as, as a young. I was to say only two years older than you at that point in time. Just at university, yeah. wasting all my uh, <laughs> wasting all my loan following town around to Dover and yeah. whatever it was, Margate and all these other places. Lee, it was fantastic in terms of how we got out there. But yeah, it was really good to kind of hear you. That's really interesting to hear you yeah. petrified because uh, pretty much everyone in the stadium, yeah, yeah. fan was. So. Yeah. Um, but you said we got back into the football league, and, and obviously you said then, um, you know, Quint, Quinny was playing you, and then Gary Peters came in. And again, reading the book, it, it does definitely seem like there was a, a definite culture shift, really, when Gary oh, Peters came in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, Gary Peters was so good for the football club when he came in. He was honestly, I've never seen to this day someone work as hard as what he wow. did. He used to he used to sleep at the stadium. He'd have <laughs> yeah. a bed there. I think he's had something when because he was still in charge when they moved here, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and I think he had a special room made from downstairs or something where he could have his bed. He was literally just twenty four seven football. And even though the, the tactics we played were very old school in terms of very direct yeah. play percentages, um, but his actual thinking was very ahead of his time. He was he used to make us watch the DVDs after the game. He used to bring in questionnaires. So on a Monday morning, say right, you need to fill this in. Um, no, you take it home. Uh, sorry, take it home on a Saturday after the game. This questionnaire: how you think you played, and you'd be rating yourself out of ten for all these different aspects. And then he would take them in, and then he would give them you back on the Tuesday, and what he thought of how you played and stuff. And he would give you a DVD to go and watch all your bits. And we never ever experienced anything like that. What year? When was that? So that was what year was that? So, so it'd be two thousand and six-ish. Yeah, five, six, something like that. Because 
around that time I broke my leg and yeah. Ian Whitfield is the media manager. I've got from, loads of those at home. Yeah, yeah. Exactly so, what you're showing so me there. There's one here. Yeah, I've actually got one. Not Kerry cool. versus and then there's Mansfield. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> got them. They're still knocking around and my wife keeps saying, can we chuck these away? I'm like, no, <laughs> just see we haven't got a DVD player. <laughs> I imagine the football club might want them back because, yeah. it's, because there's a lot. There's not much of town during that era. Yeah. They'd be, probably want it back. But how funny is that? I had it in there. That's pretty funny. Yeah. The but um, oh, there we go. So yeah, but you scored on one of those ones I've got. So yeah, I think that's first game. Was that first game of the season? That one. Yeah, yeah. you've got a very yeah, old yeah. celebration afterwards I'll have yeah. to show you later on before you go yeah <laughs> I remember it, it was, mine, mine and Joe we were into watching wrestling at the time oh, uh, so it was a wrestling celebration <laughs> yeah, super stuff um, and yeah so obviously GP was here for two years wasn't he and you said he had a sort of transformative effect on the football club and you know, you settled into the first team. Then you, as a as a fan, then you were our regular player. You know, we look in one of those first names on the team sheet. And um, was that the first time you maybe felt you had a bit more responsibility within the team set up at that age? Yeah, definitely. Even the very first day he came in, he had meetings with all the players, and I was obviously not in the team at that point. Gone, told I could go out on loan, and then he sat me down. And as soon as I had that conversation, I thought. I'm going to have a chance here. Um, I remember he brought me straight into the squad for the next game. I was on the bench and came on and then sort of got my way into the team. He, I remember he was at Everton before scouting and he said, oh, he goes, we, um, we've been coming to watch you and Joe quite a lot and sort of we've, I've been telling them to, to put some money and, and go for it. So straight off, he must like me as a player. Yeah, so, and, and he was honestly, he was brilliant for me. And I think the way I played as well, even though the way he played was very direct, it kind of suited me just getting box to box and playing alongside Stuart Drummond, who would just sit in, in the middle of the pitch and just allow me to, to sort of go everywhere. And um, yeah, yeah, I can't speak highly enough. It's a shame how it all ended later on, but yeah. at, at the actual time, I owe him so much because, say, my football career, it could have gone a, a completely different way if somebody else would have come in. My memory of that team is, and I think it look back now, of how good a scout he was because we had some really good players yeah, in that team definitely. and that's almost for me like the other era and then into yeah. the Paul Simpson era yeah, yeah. we've had some so many good players that have gone on to play like yourself yeah. was playing at a high level yeah. obviously Tierney and different players went to go and play at a different level yeah I think he, yeah, we had a real good good group of footballers who, who suited the way we played but he, you talk about his scouting that do you remember the one season he didn't t- he didn't come to the, the last two games of the season because yeah, he wanted to go that, and yes. scout players somewhere else. Yeah. So I remember we played Swansea last game of the season at the at the Vetch. I think it's their last game at the Vetch. And Mick Walter had to take the game because GP had gone off scouting, <laughs> um, ready for next season. But he literally no stone unturned. He was um, yeah, he was exactly what we needed at that point. And I don't think he could have ever really taken the football club further than sort of a top League Two team because mm. I think it needed to develop in other ways then. But the, we, we were probably. One of the favourites were going down, I reckon, when Jimmy Quinn was before he oh, went. Yeah, um, so he came in and made us a lot more solid, and um, yeah, we got better after that. Who, who stands? You, know, you mentioned Drummond then as a player you probably enjoyed playing with, but who from that really good promotion chasing season did you really enjoy playing with? And, and how um, things on the training ground you used to think, oh, that's good for this level. Yeah, well, Stuart Drummond, I, I, I really liked Stuart. He was a, he's a good, honest pro and a good footballer as well, and he helped me probably out of all that team. He helped me the the most improve my game. Um, in terms of ability wise, I think you remember Ben Smith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben he Smith, a, good player. He's terrific. Ter- yeah, yeah, I've read it. The journeyman, yeah. Very good, yeah. Um but he was a he was a terrific footballer, he really was. Um Ben Davis, technically. Ben very, Davis was a fantastic. Very, very good. Yeah. I used to love Degsy, Derek Asamoah. <laughs> just is um yeah, some of the skills he'd pull out would be 
on the quagmire at, the, at Sundorn for being incredible. Do you know where he went eventually? Ended it after no, I don't know. Years <laughs> <laughs> now. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have to, yeah. Maybe you could be our next guest, Ollie. We'll have to track down Derek Aston. Um, yeah, there, there were some good players in that squad, and it was a great season. But you, we will touch on it. I'm not sure how much you, you know. You obviously mentioned it, but but it, the, the, as a Shrewsbury Town fan, one of the things again I read that was really interesting in there was. Obviously, I can briefly talk about it, but you can mention it. Obviously, there was a contract on the table. GP wanted you to sign it, and that led to him not selecting you for the playoff final. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about it in a minute. But one of the things that I found interesting was that you said that you weren't sure when it all came to a head and you did eventually leave, how Shrewsbury Town fans viewed you, which for me as a fan, I remember, you know, and I think you've been asked 95% of town fans, they were disappointed to lose you and we were wishing you well. But did you feel like you, you were there was some sort of negative um. Maybe towards the end, because it definitely affected... At the time, I didn't think so, but it definitely affected my form going into the end of that season. Okay. So I think I was absolutely flying up until about the Christmas time. Mm. And then it just started to slowly drift away. And I remember the, initially, I got offered a new contract in the new year. And um, it, I was so disappointed because I was on probably one of the least... Because you, when you come through the youth team, you, you're always chasing <laughs> more money. Company, yeah. yeah. Until, you, until you actually move, yep. you, you go ahead. So... Um, I wanted I wanted more money at the start because it offered me like an extra fifty pound a week more or something. Honestly, it was it was ridiculous. I was like, well, since I signed my last contract, which would only be my second contract, um, I've gone and played probably another fifty, sixty league games. I was a regular at that time, and I felt like I was you know, one player of the year the season before, yeah. young player and player of the year. Um, and you must have like, known you've been scouted and stuff. Yeah, and I remember Stuart Drummond saying to me, he goes. Like, again, good advice you're saying to me, Dave, because I'm be honest, I'm on this much money. There's, you should be on this much money as well. I know you're younger, but literally the, the gap was massive. Um, so that put my back up at the start anyway. I said, like, well, I'm not going to sign it. I'll just I'll prove to you I'm worth more money and I'll keep on playing. Then as it went on, um, then I had started having voices around me, whether it was my agent saying, well, now's a good time to go. If you want to progress in football, I know you, you'd love to stay, but if you want to progress in football, then this is the, the point you need to go. Because I think some of the young kids listening to this won't realise that the, tran- the transfer window carried on to yeah. for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's yeah. True, yeah. So people, kids who are yeah, listening to this now going, we couldn't have gone anywhere yet yeah, to yeah, make yeah. it to summer. Yes, yeah. so, yeah, so, so 21 years old. Um, and and then it went on and they offered me like maybe an extra £100 a week then and <laughs> trying to lift it. And then... But, when it got towards the end of the season, they were Gary Peters was trying to build a case for compensation then because I was under twenty four, so the club would have to whoever got me would have to pay compensation yeah. for me. And whatever happened in your other contract offer would kind of help the compensation. So all of a sudden, towards the end of the season, I was getting an offer up there again. Once I'd made up my mind, well, no, I'm going to go or whatever. Then they were offering me more money just to build up their case for compensation. But it was um, it, it was tough and. I must say, I didn't have anything lined up. This was the thing. My agent was saying, oh, you'll be fine at the end of the season. And I said, well, is there someone definitely want me? And he was like, there will be, it, it'll all happen after the season finish and stuff like that. And that was kind of worrying for me. Um, and then I'd almost gone too far with the negotiations. Then with Shrewsbury, I kind of kept saying no, no, no. Um, and then I was never really going to sign. Um, but then as it did get to the end of the season, obviously we got into the playoffs, um, got to the final, and then Gary Peterson said, well, I want you to sign this contract. If you sign this contract, you'll play uh, the final. This is a negotiation. Yeah, if yeah. you don't play, then you won't even be part of the squad. I saw you at the services. <laughs> yeah. 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 And this was the day before Twitter and social media and everything. Yeah. I was just, yeah, I saw you at the yeah. services. Obviously, I couldn't tell anyone. Yeah. Just apart from the two people yeah. on the bus. Well, at, at this point, I said I had nothing lined up. And in my head, I was thinking, well, I'm not definitely not going to sign for you, but I'd just like to 
to be involved in the final. And if we get promoted, then I'm, I'm, I'm I reckon 100%, yeah, 100% sure if we'd have got promoted and I'd have been involved in that, then I'd have signed a contract because I'd be a league higher and everything with it. So, um, yeah, but then obviously he said, no, I don't want you around the place. So I need lots of positivity this week at the training ground. And I don't think you can bring that if you're not committed to the club. Um, yeah, so I was really disappointed. Um, devastated, really. Yeah, really, it's, yeah it's, it was I, I tough. I completely understand it as well. In yeah. that, you know, it wasn't like any other player or a mercenary type that we had. It was yeah. all that connection to the club who'd yeah. done so well. Yeah. And, and that's why that's why I go back to that original question is that it, when you left... it there wasn't it wasn't I don't really feel there was a negative yeah. feeling it was, just, it was just one of those things the only thing I really read where I thought well, maybe yeah. I'm quite got what we thought there but anyway, there we go yeah as a, as a, I work in procurement I've like trained negotiated been on negotiation yeah. courses and stuff like week long ones and stuff yeah. and it just seems like yeah it went a bit hard yeah you can do like negotiate yeah. you can do like two halves of it you can do either like relationship building negotiation or re- like if you're selling a car you just go really hard someone who's really emotive about the um, yeah. yeah I remember he, he told me that and then he said come back with me your decision on the Monday and I said okay I'll go speak to my parents and they said well definitely don't sign it because mm, he's yeah. putting a gun to your head and then it was it was more the way it was handled after that I remember I was back then you would literally turn up in your training kit and your boots and you go straight on the pitch and I remember I was on the pitch just passing the ball with some of the lads waiting for training to start and then he's called me into that little room at the, at the training ground and they said have you made your decision and I was like I didn't want to say it at the time I was like look I'm 100% going to give everything I've got I'd love to be involved but I'm not going to sign the contract. I'm not saying I'm never going to sign it, but I just want to see how we get on. And then he was like, "Well, you may as well take your boots off then. It's done." Mm. Uh, because I don't want you to speak to at that point. I said, "Well, no, I'm going to go and say good luck to the lads because they'd all started the warm up by now." And he's like, "No, I don't want you speaking to them." But I kind of just went off and shook everyone's hands, you know, proper welling up. And they was like, "What's going on?" So I'm being told to go, and everyone's like, "Why?" And I was, you know, you're struggling to speak yeah. anyway. I was like, "Oh, he's just he doesn't want me around the place." And I remember I got in the car, got my mini, I had them, hands on steering, and then I was just floods of tears started coming down, and then that's when it was tough, and I ringing my mum, and yeah, it was, it was tough. One of the things I'd be interested about, is what, what, are, what are players like once you've, you've left that situation? Because obviously you probably had friends there, and people, yeah. there. is it quite mercenary in that respect? It's a lot of, well, we're really good for you, Dave, and we wish you were playing, but they have to just focus yeah. on what they're doing. Well, I bet a lot of them probably wouldn't have even known the situation, right, really, because okay. I don't think I told anyone that always oh, told me I've got to sign a contract so I'm not playing. Um, I was just hoping it was a bit of a bluff, and all them sort of things so yeah it was tough but then they've got a big game to to focus on and it's good it's yeah. nice to kind of, kind of hear a bit more about that because it's, it's one of those things where as a football club we lost a really good player who went on to do amazing things for nothing and at a football club like that at, this, at that time it felt like we lost a load of money and that was more of a problem for the club really but just before it came to that I suppose one of the things I wanted to cover was the last ever game at the Game Meadow you obviously yeah. played in that game and were part of what was an historic day and um Again, I guess it was it was was it a case of during that day you were meeting some of the guys you'd grown up playing with and they're coming on for that legends parade and stuff or yeah it was Grimsby was it Grimsby, Grimsby. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it was amazing day I remember obviously full highest the weather was mm. good as well wasn't Fantastic. it yeah great got the shirt still in a frame at home so I've got my <laughs> first shirt and it, it does say in the frame last shirt but I'm gonna have to kind of change that a little bit now um, but yeah it was it was a great day was it two all I think it was right. Kelvin scored didn't yeah. they. Um, the strangest thing about the game was, if you remember, that the gaffer wanted us to take penalties after the game to yeah. practice, didn't he? I remember he, he called on the mic and asked everyone to stop behind yeah. to create right, the yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we were taking penalties against each other. It yeah. was it was bizarre. <laughs> but, yeah, and, I, and I missed as well. <laughs> <laughs> so also, which was ideal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was good. I mean, as I say, that was a historic day for football club. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned what happened, and obviously, Ollie's mentioned you went to the playoff final and he saw you at the service station. Yeah. But again, you were just in with the fans that day, I assume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I... um. 
You were telling me then it wasn't you. And I was <laughs> no, 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 no. I was, I was on the, yeah, obviously I know a lot of my mates. Uh, do you remember Gavin Caswallard who was, uh, yeah. he was a young player, he was in my year in the youth team and he, I think he played once in the first or made a football league appearance, but um, yeah. he was going down with some of his mates who we're both friends with, so I just said, have you got any spare place on your bus? So I wanted to go with, so I wanted to go to the game and I wanted to go with some lads and try and enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. So we did that, yeah, and went down and had a few drinks on the bus on the way down. And then <laughs> worst seats in Wembley, I think they were, they were right at the back. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was such a bizarre day for me because um, obviously I wanted Shrewsbury to win, but then I had a piece of me thinking that, well, I don't feel like a part of it anymore. So it was just bizarre. And then it was just obviously all went downhill after that and went one nil up and everyone was buzzing. And then it just it was Wembley. It went, yeah. Wembley We're going to change that. We're yes. going to change that. Well, we'll, we'll, mark, we'll make yeah. it over that. Yeah. <laughs> We're in charge yeah. of Fouts this season, so that's fine. And, and yeah, and then obviously you moved on and, and obviously had the spell at Luton. So who's, obviously... yeah, so, you, so did you get offers from different clubs? Luton, what league were Luton in? That, they were above us, weren't they? They were above us. Yeah. So I had um, I actually met um, Darren Ferguson, who was the Peterborough manager, because I remember it got announced on Sky Sports News, Dave Edwards was set to sign for Peterborough, and Peterborough at the time was in League Two. Um, and I went to meet them just to get a feel for, thing, for things like that. And the contract they offered me was... I reckon probably 500% more than what Shrewsbury had offered me. Um, but uh, it was obviously also a lot more than what I was going to get when I went to Luton. But it just, I just, I don't think I could have ever signed for a club in the same league because it just went against everything I'd been saying about me wanting to, to test myself at a higher level and things like that. So, um, so I met him. I met Barry Fry, who I met him at the Village Hotel in Warsaw. And um, remember, he, he had a contract in front of me, he says, can we get it signed today? And I was like, oh, no. So I've got to speak to family members and all that sort of stuff. He goes, I'll tell you what, extra bit of money there if you sign it today. And I was just all like, no. Nah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I was just, um, obviously, I, I said no. And then I met, um, went down and met Kevin Blackwell at, at Luton and yeah. they'd just been relegated from the championships. So I thought they had a, a real good chance of, of being a good League One team going back up. And again, he's another person who was who was great for my career. still speak to him now and... Yeah, it was brilliant. I was only there six months, but it was I, I loved it. And yeah, great. You had an FA Cup run, didn't you? I remember being on TV. Yeah. I remember seeing you on TV. Yeah, like you talk about these chances you take. Luton had just gone into administration, and then we had this FA Cup run. We're playing Liverpool. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, which one that Steve game. Morgan, who's a big Liverpool fan, who was the Wolves chairman at the time, was at the game, and then kind of rang Mick after the game and said, "You want to take a look at." Edwards, we can get him on the cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and, and obviously, you were away for quite a long time. And yeah. um, I, you know, I, I highly recommend that your book uh, to read about the the, the, the period you had with Wolves. Um, we're a huge fan football cast, so we're going to gloss over a bit yeah, of that. Yeah. But, um, but there was obviously uh, an incident in between you coming back that you were involved in, which was the Shrewsbury Town versus Wolves League One games. And it was just uh, you played in the one of them. Played in the one here, yeah, here, didn't you? And yeah. then you didn't play at Molyneux, but uh, you know. Yeah, that game is quite an iconic game, I think, with town fans because we thought it was a good chance for us to finally beat you know, yeah, one yeah. of them big local rivals. And, and you should have you should have beat us at the, the game here. I, Even I, I, I actually the, I the Molyneux, you where you had that chance yeah. at the very end, but this we game. Had that yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, bizarre. bizarre. <laughs> Tongue twisted it. Um, yeah, I remember the game uh, here at the at the Meadow. Um, Curtis Main, Main. That's Mr. not Reach. Curtis Main. Yeah, literally three yards out and put it over the bar, didn't he? And then. Remember, I came on for about 20, 25 minutes. I just come back from injury, yeah. and 
Sacco scored a penalty. Was it John Taylor handballed it? I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, he scored the penalty. And that again, that was bizarre. I couldn't celebrate. I just kind of walked back. <laughs> just, you know, yeah, the Ghostman yeah. could put it under. Yeah. The <laughs> I think yeah, we all were really. Yeah, yeah that was, that was a, it. Was an interesting game. That to be fair. Mm. I mean, one of the other things that we were going to ask was like, obviously, as a as a fan, you probably kept an eye on Town while you were away. Yeah. And were there any players during the era while you were away you thought, well, we should have had a chance to play with him? Um, I used, I used to try and watch as as much as I could have. I think. Yeah. The one, but I do it. Did actually play with him at Walls was Grant Holt. Yeah, there you go. Um, I think he was he a lot better when he's at Shrew. Yeah, I think his legs had gone a little bit by the time he got to Walls. But he's <laughs> a great guy and great finisher and things. And what he did here, and that's just one season. One, one season. season, twenty-eight yeah. goals, brilliant. He was unbelievable. Remember one of the first games, he just got the ball and just sprayed it to the side of the pitch. And you're yeah, like, whoa, that was clever hard. though as well, wasn't yeah. it? He knew how to play that role. And I just think that I don't know what it is with Shrewsbury. Saying hopefully it's going to change this season, but in recent we never really seem to have a goal like an actual out and out goal score. You look at all the other teams, they've got someone who scores 25 goals or 20, I think 20 goals. 50 percent of all discussion on message boards has yeah. been can we not sign a striker like Grant Hall again? Or we bring um, them in with a good track record yeah. sometimes, and then oh, yeah, like yeah. Jamie Curitan, Jamie Curitan, there's been so many like that, and um. Yeah, you know, Faye did fantastic. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting 18, yeah. 16, wasn't it? Which 18 is, in all competitions. Yeah, which is yeah. which is pretty good if you look back over the last 20 years. Yeah. That's one of the best yeah. records. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think I think Grant Holt, um, and then I look at the team who obviously did so well, not last season, season before, and there's a lot of good players. I think Nolan, um, I think he was probably a standout one. Godfrey was away. He hadn't even had a training session, and he played that. That was probably one of the best games I've ever seen. Shrewsbury play Oxford away. Yeah. We were unbelievable. Yeah. It was just like <laughs> it was just like on another level. It was just unbelievable. The balance they had was brilliant. Oh, Godfrey was just, just sitting in there. Stephen Payne should have scored. Um, we should have won that game. I think another one I've always liked and I hated playing against him when I have played was Ryan Woods. Yeah. He, he was such, a, such a good footballer. Game. When, I mean, I come um, to watch what's, that what's, game, the, yeah. what's the Brazilian guy who went to China? He was just like kicking him. Yeah. No, not with no, Oscar. Oscar, yes. He just started kicking him <laughs> because he just couldn't get. I him. remember watching the game and thinking, right, he is going to 100% go and play in the Premier League because it was obviously a huge game, loads of pressure, and he was just demanding the ball off everyone. And the pitch pitch was rubbish. And I just remember him screaming at someone taking a throw, and it was it. Would it have been Granderson then? Maybe I don't know. Anyway, he was screaming, "Get me the ball! Get me the ball!" And you think that's such a young lad who's trying to dominate a game against sort of mm. Premier League players. It was. I hope he gets into the Premier League. It's a shame. Well, should, Stoke, think, West, it just Stoke seems the, the, the kind of yeah. I think I think he definitely still can. But yeah. leaving Brentford, maybe there might have been a Premier League move there. But Stoke's a big club, isn't it? Yeah, it is, there was yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was a few clubs. that was like yeah, yeah, the, the, the time. Yeah, yeah. seemed like a good move yeah. to go there because you'd expect them to exactly. Yeah. And how much money they got? Like yeah. three six five. Mm. But anyway. Yeah, no. golf on tangents. That's good, I suppose. Um, and then I, I suppose we're, we're kind of into the end of our time, really. And, and it's been great you've had time for us. But it's probably worth talking about coming back, really. And, and you were interested in asking about whether you had any other chances. So one of the things we, we always wondered was when you went to Reading, were there was there a chance that you could have come back at that point in time, or, or was Reading yeah. too tempting to still be playing at the Championship level? Yeah, it was a bit. Uh, to be honest. There was never a chance because I think at Wolves, it happened quickly when I left Wolves. I think Nuno came in. Um, I was still in and around it. Um, but I'd just come off probably my best best season. Mm. I scored 10 goals in the Championship the year before. And as soon as I knew that I was going to be... Because the way Nuno played, he had two holding midfielders. Um, and you, had to, you were proper defensive midfielders, if you like. Yeah. Um, and he made it obvious that I was probably going to be fourth or fifth choice for that role. And so he said, if you, wanted, if you want to go... Uh, you can go and Wales was still had a chance of qualifying for the World Cup 
we ended up losing to Ireland in the the last group game, which kind of scuppered those chances. But I thought I, I still need to be playing. Um, and at 31, when I left, I thought this is a, my last chance as well to get a good contract. Um, selfish points of view, but then Reading offered me a contract, and it seemed they just lost the playoff final the year before. And I thought they're going to have a right, a right good go this year, and I went there and. Um, the biggest problem I had, I, I look back and I never gave it the, not the amount of dedication, that's the wrong word, but my family was still in Shrewsbury and I didn't want them to move down with me. I wanted to, them to stay at home and the kids were in school and things like that. Whereas really, going back now, I would get them to move down with me. So I was a lot more settled because I was trying to get back as, as many times as I could and they were coming to visit me in a little flat in Reading and <laughs> things like that. It just it wasn't convenient for a happy work life to do mad up with your family. So um, I probably got a few regrets that way but then say how much I was missing home from that first year I was yeah any chance to come back after that I was sort of desperate to so when was the first inkling you had from from Ricketts roughly when in that that, that season um probably not until sort of the middle of December so I still yeah so about coming back I spoke to Sam uh originally before he got the job um, I rang him because I'd heard the news that, Pete, that the club had been, or well, he was one of the favourites, and I was trying to persuade him, you've got to go, you've got to go. Um, and obviously he was doing so well at Wrexham yeah, at the time. Yeah, amazing. Um, so so 55% win ratio. Yeah, like when you look where they were then, and you look where they are now. It's, it's it, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was trying to tempt him over this side of the border and... Um, just kind of, but I'd always said Sam had always said that this was a club. He always knew he was going to be a manager. You could always see that, and he always said what a good club Shrewsbury would be to do that. I think just everything around it's yeah. is set up perfectly. Um, but then, yeah, it's probably getting towards the end of December because I'd missed the whole of the pre-season, all the start of season with a, a knee injury, and then I just started to get fit at the start of December. Then I was on the bench a few times for Reading, um, and then Reading had kind of said they were struggling with the financial fair play. They basically said that there's six or seven lads that you can go if you want to go. And I was sort of one of those lads. So then that's when I sort of spoke to Sam then and said, is it something that you guys would be interested in? Um, and then it kind of just went went from there, really. Um, I think um, the chairman and Brian and everyone was great at helping getting it over the line. Um, but yeah, I was, I was desperate to come back. And I was just disappointed it didn't kind of all happen as, as I wanted to I was never really fit when I came I was mm. physical like my knee was fine and things like that but I hadn't played for six or seven months and um, I was trying so hard to get up to speed quickly I probably ended <laughs> up doing myself more damage and then yeah. when the the ankle injury came then it was almost a bit of a relief to think right I can just relax now and I can focus on next season and then I can it's just a shame it's such a big injury my ankle one was yeah. but just before we get on to a bit more of next season because we've got a few questions about it like you obviously talked about Chairman and Brian there as well and one of the things that I think, as as fans here, and, and you know, we know what kind of goes up for you've you've kind of kept in contact with the chairman in that period while you're away, haven't you? In terms of of, of a sort of, I don't know, a cordial kind of relationship of, of someone that is is done a fair bit for your career in terms of how, when you started here. Is that again? That it's good that you'll come back to the same chairman, I suppose. Yeah, well, yeah. So the chairman's been brilliant for me. I've sort of known him right the way throughout my football career, and any time I'd ever come back to a game, um, I'd always sort of um, never ask in the tickets or anything like that but I, I would come back to the game and he, I, he'd kind of get wins sometimes that I was here and then he would say I'll come up and come and say hello at half time and I'll take my wife and my little one up there and things like that and he was great and yeah towards sort of um, the last couple of years and I started speaking to him a little bit over the phone as well yeah. um, 
yeah so great um, good. I think he was disappointed with the way everything left I'm sure he'd like to have got some money for some more money for me and things like that um, but yeah he's never held that against me and he's he's always been good and to say him and Brian were instrumental in me coming back they were helping me so much get everything sorted at Reading to, to make it as smooth as possible and yeah I can't thank them enough for that you just mentioned Lad as well there is he a Shrewsbury Town fan or is he yeah is, oh, he's, he's, got, he's, he's gone sort of his Wolves <laughs> He likes Man City because Joe let him sit in his box for one of the games. So he, was, <laughs> he likes Man City. Um, but yeah, he's proper sure he actually just come home from school today and he's got, I've made you a Christmas card and it's salop emblazoned across <laughs> it and stuff like that. And I was a bit worried actually about his schoolwork. We went there on sort of a parents' evening and I was thinking, what the teacher's teaching him? It was literally everything about Shrewsbury the, all the way through the book and he was I was telling Max O'Leary I think he's got some sort of obsession with him and he was just writing or it must have just copied his Wikipedia page it was just had Max O'Leary <laughs> everywhere and yeah and he's he's obsessed and he wants to come to every single game and the night games he can come he's sort of he's nine mm. so the last couple of years it's okay um, but you have to make sure as soon as you're home you're in bed and things but he wants to come to every single one and the Chelsea no, Man City on the 21 game we played the other night um, I wasn't starting and mm. I said oh mate I said you've had a long week just or you had a, a busy weekend um, just stay at home tonight I said I'm not playing and he kicked up the biggest fuss <laughs> but he didn't go and then he found out he went to penalties as well so he was gutted <laughs> but yeah he's, he's here and he's, he's, oh, coming, he's coming to Blackpool on Saturday he's going to Bolton on oh. hopefully we can get yeah well, we get better results. Like my little lad's been mentioned. He's been on my my, yeah. the, my little boy. We've always been on the podcast before, and uh, we always he comes to most of the games with me. Yeah. And he does a little end of season review with my daughter, but he's exactly the same. He's eight years age, and it's all Shrewsbury Town stuff in his school, yeah. and that's what you want. Because yeah. if we talk just to talk about us a little bit as as, as fans of Shrewsbury, and yeah. similar, I suppose similar to what you said before, is that. I grew up living in Shropshire, and as soon as Dean Spink came to my school to do one of those tours, yeah. like you will do now, it made a huge difference to me as a kid, yeah. and that was it. I was hooked onto Shrewsbury yeah. Town. I'm sure you see that now when you go yeah. out and do your community I, th- I think the biggest difference now compared to when I was a kid, I was the only one of my mates or anyone I knew had a Shrewsbury shirt. And Whereas now, I go to my kids' school, and they've all got Shrewsbury jackets on, mm-hmm. they've got kits on, go to, to um, watch him play, they've all got the Shrewsbury stuff on as well. So what the club does with the community, you get so many young kids, which they need to do because obviously that's building yeah, the, the fan base for years to come. But I think it's the job it does with the younger generation is so good, and it's, it never used to be like that in the, the early 90s <laughs> and things like that. Um, so it, it's heading in the right direction. They love coming to the games. It's ah, great. It's so inclusive. Oh, good. That's good. Um, anyway, we're, again, went off on a bit of a tangent there. Yeah. That's fine. It's always good. Uh, um, so, yeah, so we talked about having an opportunity to come back and then how, how you came back. And we briefly talked about that that first season. One of the things we did note on here was talk us through that red card at Bristol Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> we were really close to that. So we were oh, still at Bristol Rovers. The ref, like, like Norbs could have had about nine bookings that game. Yeah. Abu Agogo could have had about nine bookings as well. Um, Scotty Goldman should have been sent off for a horrendous tackle on the left. Like, a Bristol City guy at Bristol Rovers. But it just, it was just again. I keep talking about timing, but it was just the game had just started to get really heated. Yep. There was a few tackles. Josh Lauren went flying in just before me. Missed the guy luckily because that had been a red card. And mine was literally. <laughs> There was no malice in it. It was just literally overstretched in just a split second. And even to this day, I watched watch it back and I think it's not it's not a red card. We debated it on the podcast for a long time. We debated, yeah. yeah, we had a big debate. Right. We weren't sure. Yeah, that's, that's, and that's what I think. Well, I think on you watched watch the footage it's to go back, back and, and, and you've got, we changed our mind yeah. there. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I don't think they could have turned it because it was that sort of yeah. inconclusive. I think if they had all the angles of Premier League cameras and that, I think it would have shown that there wasn't the mm. the force or the attention. It was I was proper conscious of keeping 
one foot on the ground because I know and the other foot was pointing down as well <laughs> but it was just the reaction afterwards oh, yeah. and everyone gathered around him and it was sort of towards the end of the game yeah. I just kind of knew it was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mad game that was, was Sean Morley scored when he played yeah. that's right, three yeah. at the back Williams made his debut didn't he that's yeah. right yeah yeah. because yeah. you didn't have many mad cards during your career did you I don't think so no well I didn't have any then I had two and six games so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so oh, I got, yeah. got on at the end at, at Red or not the end it's the season before but Towards the end of that season at Aston Villa, um, that was Jack Grealish, most foul player ever, I think. So yeah, he, he ran away from me twice, and both times I brought him down and two bookings <laughs> after half an hour. And, and you briefly discussed that that, that issue. You saying it was your fitness; it wasn't quite where, where you maybe wanted it to be last season, yeah. and we didn't see the best of you. And we've talked on the podcast about how it, it's, it's you know so much better watching the season looking like you're fully fit and, and giving us yeah. as, probably what you wanted to give us last season. But we were kind of how desperate were you to kind of get a goal last season? Was, oh, it, was yeah. it on your mind every game? Yeah, and even because every season, apart from that one where I made my debut, um, I've scored every football league season I've been, I've scored a goal in the season, so I didn't mm. want to break that run either. Um, but yeah, I was just, I think I had a sniff of a chance at, was it safe and away, where one got flashed across and I was just off the, just just mm. away from it. But yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. And it, it sounds bizarre, but there was a little bit of relief when sort of the injury came and I knew I was going to be out for the season. I thought, right, I can really focus on on next season because um, I didn't feel where I needed to be and that was the most disappointing thing because I always thought you could just turn it on and off like a tap and when I'm ready I can go but I think the older you get it, it doesn't quite work like that and you need to keep yourself ticking over all the time so this season again it was a bit of a tough start because I rushed back a little bit from the ankle injury because mm. we literally had no midfielders yeah. at the start of the season well, we had loads of the squad that no one exactly. yeah yeah <laughs> so it was um, I was kind of probably forced to play maybe three or four weeks earlier than what I probably should have done um, and again probably didn't feel as great but I'm going to say it's only been the last maybe three or four weeks where I'm actually pain free in my ankle and I actually feel I can move properly around a football pitch <laughs> you're really joining it again and I, yeah I'm starting to join it and I know I just I just want to if I can stay in the team and keep playing because I know I'll hopefully get better and sharper and everything along get with it and get a league goal, yeah. <laughs> we were joking about it on the podcast because you, you can see you really want to get that league oh, goal because yeah. it's been close quite a few times. Yeah. Like Ipswich away, um, like was it Stanley as well? Yeah. Quite a few, you got quite a, even on, a few times. Even last week at yeah. Oxford, it's sort of like, especially the header, I've kind of, so Scotty Goldman crossed it, I've headed it and I'm facing away from goal and I've headed it, I thought, goal! So I go in the other way and I just fell on the floor, looked up, and the goalie's just got it calmly in his hands. I'm sure that's head in the top corner. Um, but I'm, sh- I'm sure it will come. I'm, sure I'm getting chances, which is the main thing. I think last season, when I only played four or five games, yeah. but I wasn't really getting in the positions to score goals. Whereas I think this year I'm getting more or less one or two half decent chances a game. And I think, again, that's players knowing that. I'll be in the box and they can deliver crosses and things like that and people understanding and, yeah. and then me getting my time a little bit better and and everyone get used to yourself as well yeah because we do notice we're saying this we're not just saying this to blow hot stuff <laughs> your air, but like yeah we do seem to be making passes fast and quick and just getting other players to use to your runs and running before you've passed it almost yeah. arriving in the box like the goal at Bradford that's like yeah, yeah. classic day yeah. I suppose from what, from what we used to see and what, what I saw from you at Wolves as well and um, you know it, you know it, it there was a point at the start of the season where we were worried about midfielders not getting beyond the halfway line. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to do that. And Josh is coming up as well. Josh has been brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He's really pushed on. Yeah. He's really pushed on the last few months. Yeah, and, and I guess super... that kind of brings us to the season, I suppose, because obviously we had another rebuild in the summer, and, and obviously Sam did enough last year to keep yeah. us up, and that was that was what we all wanted really. And, and we went in to meet Sam um, along, along with another bunch of Chelsea Town fans a couple of times, and he kind of talked us through what the plans yeah. were this season, but. 
from what you know when you sit down in those team meetings at the start of the year to where we are now do you think it's progressing on those lines that you, you all hoped it would I, th- I think we're we're doing reasonably well I think that there's a lot of games that we think we could have got more points out of mm-hmm. I don't think there's been any real games where we've been played off the park and beaten hands I think the Fleetwood game here but, but, but we, I think we could have been one or two in the lot before they scored the first mm-hmm. goal um, I think second half they outplayed us but I think the league's so tight and if the way we keep clean sheets and defend, then we're always going to be in a chance of winning football matches. And I, I spoke to speak to the lads about it all the time, but I always said at the start of the season, if we can get past this Christmas period and get into the new year and be within touch and distance of the playoffs, I said I really fancy us to keep building on that mm-hmm. um, after the January window and things like that because it's a big turnover of players. It's a complete new style of sort of formations and the way we're going to play. And I do think we're getting we're getting better every week I know everybody wants to see more and more goals but I, I do think they'll come you've got to kind of do it from a solid foundation mm. um, but I'm no I'm, I'm really excited I, I really do think we can if we can keep picking up points over this Christmas period then we can have a, a really good push after after January it'd be great just just to be in contention for those playoffs going mm. into that last month of the season it'd be brilliant and just to keep everyone's spirits up and just make sure no one wants another relegation fight like last year it was it was tough so we're moving in the right direction and I just, yeah, I really, I really do think we can we can keep progressing. Because one of the things, you know, we look at that her season and, and it was quite similar to this season now in that every game was pretty much tight. Like, yeah. t- even that season, Taron beat Bristol City here 3 Bristol Rovers here 3-0, but there wasn't many games where we smashed teams no. off the park. Yeah. It's got a little bit of a feeling of that. Obviously, we're not yeah. quite up where we were. Um, but, yeah, it, I think it, one of the things I wanted to ask, and, we, you know, we talk about our positives and, we all, you know, I feel very similar at the moment. We're in a brilliant position considering where, what we've been going on this season. But, like one of the one of the knocks on the team this year has been that it's been dull to watch. Are players ever cognizant of of what fans are, are doing in, in terms of that? Has that come across not just via social media, but in some of the reactions here? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, we know as ourselves, we we want to be scoring a lot more goals. Um, I don't know if I prefer to be in the games which are one nil or the ones we've had four threes <laughs> knocking around. But that's the uh, weird thing. Is yeah, it's yeah. So yeah, if we could go and win a game two nil, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? But mm. it seems to be one one end of the spectrum or the other. But um, I, yeah, I do understand, and it's not for. We never ever go into a game thinking, right? Let's just keep it tight today, and we'll play for a nil nil, or we'll try and nick Maybe a goal. We should try to in such a way. So we've that, that's never in our in our setup. But I think it's just the way, probably the formation we play with the the three centre backs yeah. who are very very solid. That um, we know we're not going to concede many goals, or, or usually. So, um, but I say we, we we work really hard on trying to get the balls in good areas and, and play good football in the final third um, but we just we just need to to score more goals as a team consistent theme that we've had this season doing the podcast has been oh, we had another, we missed that chance or that chance again yeah. we've never had a game where we said we haven't had any chances no, we've it's, always, had, we've always had games where we just had chances yeah. we haven't taken them and like you mentioned Josh started scoring a few yeah and yeah, you just I can just see yeah, hoping that yeah, a few more field as well. And then one of the strikers is going to get into vain yeah. form because we've got Lang will be back soon as well, Lang won't he? So I think he was he started He's really started really well, didn't he? And obviously picked up the injury, unfortunately. Um, it just feels like we're really close, but we just need to kind of keep keep progressing and, and hopefully score more goals. Um, but you're confident as a player, as a senior pro, that there's this, this quality in the squad to oh, do that? Definitely. You see in training, yeah, we've got. I think we've got lots of quality in the squad. And you speak to the lads who were here in that successful season, you speak to Omar and Sean and players like that, and they're saying, literally, every, they've, a lot of their games was get 1-0 ahead yeah. and then we'll scrap it out and we'll, we'll win. We won't concede late on in the game. or Counter-attacking football. I yeah. got slated for saying that it was boring football, but <laughs> it was counter-attacking football. But I think, I think if, you, if you're winning games of football, I think ev- everyone's happy. And I do feel at the start of the season, it felt like the fans were 
this is just the feeling I was getting at the stadium was that the fans were very much 50-50 whether to go with the team or not or, or things like that. And it does feel like it's perhaps moving in the right direction now. Um, there was a hangover, hangover from the last season yeah. and expectations of that, you know, because Ricketts didn't win a lot of games. We did but enough we, to get, but, enough. but people carried that on. And it's really weird, like you're talking about goals, just like, you know, like that her season. We scored, we scored the last minute against Northampton at home. And it just changed the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, you can be that yeah, a little a bit. like bit. that on Saturdays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really do. So if you can beat Blackpool now, I think the, the, there'll be that similar similar, similar time of the season where it really took off. I remember going to Doncaster away in the her season and we won away from home and that was pretty late on in November. And again, that was, scored, that was another catalyst. Yeah. And, you know, if you can go and win at Blackpool on a Saturday day. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. Josh I, missed, Josh missed loads of chances away at Blackpool last year so yeah you could see like he had loads of chances he was playing quite an attacking midfield role and he had chances to score and he just couldn't we just couldn't score life and money that day and Paul when we met Sam Ricketts he kept going he agreed he said couldn't believe we didn't score that day so we owed a few goals from that. I hope we can win back to back games that's something we haven't done this year yeah. it's felt like every time we've got into this position there's a bit of positivity and then we've had a knockback when we've been on the verge of the playoffs and things like that. So if we can back it up now, we've seen a decent draw. Oxford, again, a game I think that we should have been one or two nil up in the first half. And I know they were better in the second half, but we had chances to win the game. And then so a good point there, really, then a win here and win at Blackpool. So how does that change? How does that change? The, so also we're, we're fans, we've never played professional football, we know we're near it. <laughs> so how does that change like the dynamic in like the dressing room before the game? Does like When you win in a few games, do people just does it just feel different or...? There's definitely a different confidence around the, the training ground. Everyone's a lot more, I wouldn't say relaxed, but um, not as uptight. When you're losing games, it's, it's, it's horrible and you just, you're just you so desperate to get a result. Mm. And there's so many times last year and I had a tough season the year before at Reading where you just, you're desperate for a result and your confidence is so low and you just literally, you're looking at the fixture thinking, How, where's the next win coming from? Mm. Whereas when you're doing well, you're thinking, oh, we can beat Blackpool on Saturday or we can do whatever. So um, there's definitely a confidence and we feel like we're in a good place without really being at, at full throttle yet. I think we're yeah, sort sneaking of... Sneaking in. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're sort of heading in the right direction but there's so, still so much more to come from us. And as, and as we've talked about on the podcast before, it feels a little bit like this transfer window is one of those ones where we're not trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater, which has happened so many times as Terra yeah. fans. We're actually trying to just complement what we've got now a little bit, just yeah. take us that little step forward and... And obviously we've we've talked about this, but Steve Morrison even seemed an odd, you know, odd, the whole thing was odd for him to leave that early. Yeah. But maybe he was one of those positions which is something that Ricketts was going to build around with a big strike. We don't yeah. tend to have that at the moment, so there, there are definite positions where we can maybe strengthen to kick us on. It, it, you know, Land coming back is key. I yeah, think he was really yeah. he settled really quickly. I think it'd be like a new signing, and we've got a lot of depth in in most positions. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure we'll we'll add to it, and I'm sure people will leave as well. It's, it's the way it goes. You don't want to know of a bloated squad. So I'm sure there'll be a few people leaving and a few people coming in. But I don't think I don't know. It might be, but I don't think it needs to be it's such a big turnover no, this no, January. No, um, I hope not. I think it's starting to to settle down and. It'll definitely help if we can pick up some results over Christmas. That's what fans want, really, at the end of the day, Dave. You know, we, we, we won't watch it under Graham Turner when we had 400 lone players in every yeah. season. It's so hard to get behind a team like that. Whereas once you've got established on a season like this and you don't make too many changes, you, it does make it better for fans to be able to get behind and yeah. really kind of go on that journey. So, yeah. Even for all the kids who come to watch, they want to yeah. know who their favourite player is and they want to get someone's name on their shirt. It's they hard can't to look a lone player on lone yeah, yeah. City, so, yeah. <laughs> My lad's still devastated that Dean Henderson's gone. You know, yeah, someone yeah. like that, that makes such an impact. Yeah. You only, only hear for a season. And sort of thing, so um, that's why I like you, Dave, because you're. I suppose we'll wrap this up really by just talking about the future, and we've obviously talked about this season. But you know, 
your mate Sam Ricketts has gone on to be a manager, you know, someone you played with a lot and, and, and has brought you back to the football club. Is management something you're interested in or are you still looking to be a physiotherapist? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a physio after, after all the stick they get in there. Um, no, I would say at this moment, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm particularly interested in going okay. to management. I see that um, it's such a, such a full-time job, 24-7, and it kind of I'm very much since I've had kids like spending more time with my family and yeah. I know that managers are, are constantly on the phone and they don't finish training when the lads finish training they're constantly going to watch games and, and working out tactics for next games and mm. things like that and it's it's something the coaching I started looking at doing the badges last year and then I thought I'm going to wait till I retire and then if I feel like I'm, I'm going to miss it yeah. then I'll, I'll, I'll really give it a go um, I've been used to ever since I've been in school being told what to do where to be <laughs> at a certain time <laughs> I just quite like at least six months of just <laughs> being able to, to, to do what I want. But um, I still love to stay involved in football. It's, so I enjoy doing punditry work. I know it's a very yeah. it's a very hard field to get into, but um, that'd be great if I could get sort of do little jobs in there. Um, and I, I like, I'd like to help the younger players as well, probably more than anything else, mm. more mentoring and, and, and trying to help players in that way. Because I think that what I've learned in football, there's a lot of people on the outside who who kind of look at players who are on the take, if you like, whether it's agents or, or whoever. So I think being someone who's done the whole experience from top to bottom and mm. and being through it to be able to offer some some good, sound advice and, and be there for players, I'd like to sort of do more of that. I'm not sure in what capacity or how, but it's definitely <laughs> something I'd be interested in doing. I'm sure if you pick up the phone to Roland, you'll sort you something out if you ever Direct need it. Football I, I bet that'll be fine. And, and, and obviously you've got a lot of um, interesting structure outside of football now. So, you know, you've yeah. got your little rascals and, and other bits and pieces yeah. of charity as well, haven't you? And so it's plenty to keep you busy if you do come out of football, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to be, be brilliant to be in a position where um, I can work more in the foundation and, and really help that. It's, mm. it's, it's developed so much over the last couple of years and I'm so passionate about it um and the, the guys here the the community guys here are great at, at helping out as well but you see what a difference it makes and you see there's there's far much more to the world than football and i always say i've been very lucky to be given a little bit of a profile if you like and i think with that comes a little bit of responsibility and you need to to use it in the right way so i kind of find that quite early and i'm glad that i've been managed to, to set this up with with one of my best mates and yeah it's going well cool. Got any last questions, Ollie? Didn't you want to ask about best player ever played with? I know that's the question. Yeah, you have to ask everybody. yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I forgot <laughs> about that. I maybe missed the cut. So, who, yeah, who's the best player? Like, yeah, maybe actually two questions then. So, who's the best player you played with and the best player you played against? Um, the best player I played with was would be Gareth Bale at, I think, that 2016 Euros. Good I think he was just <laughs> absolutely peaking at that point. Mm. And was that pre Real Madrid or just? <laughs> he was at Real Madrid, yeah. He was at Real Madrid, just one off the back of a Champions League. Oh, when he ran off the pitch. <laughs> yeah, so he's um, he was in that tournament. He was just incredible. Just it was, I've never seen anyone well, just make, everything, make foot, everything faster. Every, at everything. Yeah, just everything. He's a better finisher. He's quicker. He's stronger. Better passer. Better crosser. Better <laughs> everything than, than than anyone else. And when you think that there's there's players on a higher level than him, you think, wow, they must be ridiculous because I just got just makes everything look so easy and so I have to work so hard at, at football and you see the other lads as well trying mm. so hard and it just comes so naturally to somebody who's naturally gifted um, yeah he was special still is wow. special yeah. and played against I think the two performances really stand out against me I think the first one was we played Chelsea at, at Stamford Bridge and we lost 4-0 and Michael Essien 
was on <laughs> he again he was someone who just basically ran all over me he was strong quick he scored two goals that day could pass the ball yeah. could run with it um I didn't realize how good he was until I played against him um and then the other standout one would have been we played against Man United at Molyneux and Paul Scholes had retired and then come back and and he was still yeah and he was still just amazing and we it was I think it was a yeah, it was a league game and we had a, a Ronald Zubra right back got sent off after about half an hour and it was nil nil and then they got one for half time and then the floodgates opened second half and they won five nil but at the training ground at Wolves after a game you were there's like this grids and graphs and that on the wall of all stats and stuff and it says what your your passes are how many you complete all that sort of thing and it has the oppositions as well and poor poor scores our pass completion was 99% and then it said attempted passes 101 <laughs> completed 100 and it wasn't just little tippy tappy ones he was spraying the ball oh, everywhere man. and I was trying to get close to him and then he would just spin it around the corner give him some space and he was Tell us about yeah, he was unbelievable. Pissing ghosts, yeah, I can imagine with him. I'm surprised you didn't say your mate Joe Hart. <laughs> I suppose if I mean we're going to wrap this up now because we've got the Carol's concert tonight, and I think you, you need to go and attend. And we won't, we don't want to upset Brian because he's lent us this room tonight. But um, yeah, one of the last questions I suppose all town fans are always kind of talking about in the stands is, are you, are you going to convince Joe to come back and play for us at some point? <laughs> is, that, is that on the agenda? Come on, um, I'd, I'd be on, I'd be very surprised if. if if Joe is to come back by the club couldn't yeah. he <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh well there we go that's that's yeah, answer that question cool. for everyone who's listening but honestly it's been really good to sit yeah. down and talk to yeah. you for a good hour and a bit um, about your time at Shrewsbury Town and, and some of the insight you made that... a good debut so, you're the, you're the, so in terms of debuts this is yeah. good. it's the first play we've had on the pod yeah. so fantastic oh, nice debut yeah. And, no, um, thanks for inviting me I've enjoyed it good stuff and, we, we, and we'll leave it there we wish you all the best for the rest of the season we shall be there watching and um yeah, we're going to release this hopefully around Christmas time. Christmas Eve, something like that. We shall be back doing regular podcasts as Christmas progresses. So, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening and thanks for joining us, Dave. Cheers, guys. Thank you.